Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing. I don't know if you know this about me, but I fuck Instagram models. Put that in the fucking podcast. Movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I am your host, Sam, and I am joined this week by two amazingly special guests, first of which is making a triumphant return to the podcast. He got so fucking blind drunk last time, he managed to have some decipherable shit, but he's back! He's back for another lockdown reunion! Yes. Tom, how you doing? Lockdown reunion, <laughs> yes I am. Uh, yeah, I, I was saying to Sam just before recording that I actually don't remember a lot of uh, what we did last time. Because um, I was so horrifically drunk. So that's good. But hello, yes, my name is Thomas, and um, I am back for another one um, to talk about a movie, which is what this podcast is about. That's um, absolutely right. But like, you do a history <laughs> podcast, so of course you're going to come on and do a, um, a, a like talk about Napoleon, one of history's biggest figures, man. N- Nepo- yeah, it's a bit out of scope for my podcast in particular. Napoleon um, doesn't really factor into it too much. Um, but, you know, no, like, yeah, no, you know, I got told, oh, we're going to talk about Napoleon. I was like, yeah, I'm into history. We can do that. And then he forgot to say that it was Napoleon Dynamite, and I've really been duped in this one. Yeah. Um, not really comfortable with it. <laughs> That's what we do here on the show. We lure people in and then just fucking get them when they're not suspecting it. Hey, speaking of which, the other person joining me, Tim. How you doing, Tim? What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? I was going to say from the Provise Project, but you're like a man of many talents, Tim. Glad to have you. Um, astrophysicist, um, also a uh, philanthropist, uh, philosopher. <laughs> um, also have a lot of um, mahogany um, smelling books in my bookshelf. No. Uh, my name's Tim Provise. I go by Tim Provise, obviously. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a bakery connoisseur. Uh, I I run a um I run a bit of a show called The Bakery Run on the internet, and uh, yeah, I run a podcast called The Provise Project, which I put a lot of heart and soul into, just like you do. So uh, you got both of you guys actually do. So happy to be here. I'm happy. What we're talking about, man? This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. So I. I, I... Like, obviously, sort of caught up with some of your stuff on Twitter and Instagram, and was just like, okay, this dude's legit, we need to get him on. And then when we started chatting, I said, like, what sort of movies are you into? And he threw out this one, and I was like, fuck, how have we not done this? This is, like, <laughs> this is like a movie I've seen a million fucking times before. Like, what about you? Like, how, what, tell us about your story with it. I remember the first time I watched this movie, and I didn't find it very funny. I was like, this is the weirdest shit I've ever seen. But then when I watched it back, I kind of, like... Oh, I get that now. I get it. It was. It's one of those movies where the more you watch it, the more you figure it out and sit in. Like you just find these little tiny tidbits of comedy, and that's what I loved about it the most. But I was like out of high school. I think I just finished year thirteen, maybe, and it came out. And my whole life after that was just dedicated to knowing more about Napoleon Dynamite and watching it over and over and over again. Damn, we have got an expert. But uh, not really. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I haven't watched it. Like I watched it once in the last like month. But things will come back to me, and I go far out. That's right. I remember that shit. That's the best. Yeah, absolutely. From one expert to a non-expert, this was your first time watching it, eh, Tom? Yeah, no, I remember the first time I watched Napoleon Dynamite very well because it was two <laughs> days ago. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I was, I was familiar with, with, you know, the, 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 I guess the key lines, the famous quotes, if you will. I didn't realize the film was, uh, 
I mean, I'm just going to go and come right out and say it, it has no plot whatsoever. No. Uh- <laughs> but Tom, that's what makes it like immortal is that these yeah. guys that made this movie gave zero fucks about anything. They just, they did. Yeah. It's almost like, you remember when you used to go to school and then you'd cut the magazine, like, um, like a pee out of here. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you'll make something. The movie is like that. It is. Yeah. That was the thing. Yeah. Making um, ransom letters. Exactly like that, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I found it. Part of what I found it funny was how, like you're watching these guys film these, like, you know, you're watching these scenes or whatever. And you're thinking, fuck me. What's it like to be these guys filming this scene? With this idea that this is going to be an entire movie, just with like basically no plot, yeah. like like I, I, at the start, I was just waiting for like like oh where's the plot hook? What's the what's the major conflict or whatever? It just never fucking comes. It's just ever. <laughs> See, this is the best part about this is we actually have a new rule that whoever's watched the movie the most recently, which is Tom, has to give a plot of this film. So I love how much you've just oh, been digging your own grave, here, boy. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you think the plot of this movie is. Go on, enlighten us. Try- I don't know what the plot is. For those of you playing at home that aren't planning on watching this movie, Tom's going to hit you with a plot. Oh, fuck. Um, okay, so the plot is... Um... There is... A- it's set in... <laughs> It's set in post-1982. We at least know that. But yeah, so it follows the, the story of Napole- <laughs> this kid called Napoleon Dynamite who's extremely awkward and his, I guess, misadventures? Question mark? Are you, are you Googling um, it? Because the plot under Google is Napoleon, a socially awkward teenager, gets caught up in his dysfunctional family's misadventures while trying to help a friend win the class presidency. Okay, I'm I'm not googling it, but I did read that, so maybe that's where that's coming from. Telling um, it, but I I because I, I remember when I read that, I didn't like the fact that they said it's about him trying to get his friend the class presidency because that doesn't come in until like the yeah. last third of the oh, film, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's not really about that at all. It's basically just him going around living his life. It's a slice of life film, coming basically. of age, coming of age. There we go. And coming is it. A- I don't know if I call it a coming of age film, but an age of coming. There we go. An age of coming. I don't know if anyone was doing that in the film. Kip oh. definitely was. Holy shit! Oh. We'll get Kip on to him definitely. Soon. I mean, that was the most compelling arc of the entire film, yeah. if I'm honest. Anywho, oh, what we'll man, do? There's so many. Oh, there's so many good bits in it. Sorry to interrupt. There's so many. There's so, there's so many kind of like spaghetti timelines that come off on that. Like mm. it, it's almost quite. Game of Thrones-esque, you know? <laughs> There's so many of these intricate, really deep characters. Okay, we're talking we're talking Rex Quando. Okay, we're Rex talking Quando. we're talking Kip here. We're talking all these and you just get invested because you're like, how fucking weird are these guys? But I, I, I'm pretty sure that it was set in like the, the early two thousands, just because of the internet and things like mm. that. But then you look at how they dress, and it's like, there's nobody that dresses like this in the early 2000s. They're dressing like, like Uncle Rico's got, like, you know, the most craziest shit on. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, so it's very, it, I it think that, adds to the intrigue. Tim, Tim, I, I grew up in Tiamudu, bro, that's how we were dressing until now. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Until yesterday. <laughs> so it's very middle America, 
type stuck in a time warp shit absolutely uh the pertinent details for this film it had a budget of forty thousand dollars and made 45 million which is it had a budget of forty thousand dollars fucking surprise i've got a little bit of trivia that i'm gonna drop later about where half of their budget came from which is quite fucking bizarre but i'll, I'll talk about that later um if you haven't heard this podcast before what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 questions about it we start with 10 that can be applied to any film we were then moving to three that we thought of while watching this film then finally finish on either a listener question or a Patreon question. And this week it's a Patreon question. So we're going to drop that at the end. The one we start with is the compliment sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing bad, one thing good about this film. Unless we want to give it a shit sandwich, then it's one thing bad and one thing good about this film. Or, and I'm suspecting maybe for Tim, we get the hyperbole sandwich, which is a score over 10,000 out of 10,000. And then we give something good, something great and something good about this film. So yes. he's grinning. He's smiling. He's chomping at the bit. Love it. Tim, why don't you start us off? Why don't you give us your sandwich? Here's my sandwich, man. I'm, I'm going. I'm going with the hyperbole right here. Yeah, okay? yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll tell you. What. Okay, the first thing, it is the middle finger to all of these big multi-million-dollar Adam Sandler com- comedies. And there's nothing wrong with them, but it's it was rude. like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Billy Madison. Oh yeah, no, no. A Happy Gilmore type shit mm. that is untouchable. Mm. But what I'm saying is that, like, it, it is honestly, it is the middle finger to all of these ones that are like, "Hey, we've got all this, we've got this small budget. Let's just make what we can." That's what I, that's what I like the most about the movie, is that it's obviously budget, and it's it's the underdog. It's the underdog movie that nobody asked for, but they got. It's that Taika Waititi type kind of like awkward funny yep. that a lot of people don't really see a lot of. Now, yeah, I get it. The plot's a bit fucked up, but that just adds to the intrigue and to the f- how special this movie is. Like, it's a very <laughs> weird funny, and there's not a lot out that are like that, and I, I, th- I just think that's why I love it the most. The characters are great. Like Napoleon Dynamite is the he's the the under he's the undercover hero of the story, which you you you'd love. You you just like this guy is so so he struggles with so much social things going on in his life. <laughs> and yeah, and the other thing too, and this is going really deep about this. There's a lot of bullying that goes on in this movie. <laughs> like there's a lot. Like Napoleon's getting bullied. There's other everyone's getting bullied. And, you know, it's that, it's the underdog kind of taking over thing. But there's also a lot of racism that goes on in this movie, too. Because <laughs> Pedro comes in here and they're all like, oh, we don't want to eat uh, chimichangas all day here, Pedro. <laughs> you know, and that's that true. kind of stuff. And, you know, you kind of, it hits it in a way that's not confronting, but it shows that this is what actually happens in middle America. I, I absolutely love it. And that's that's my um, hyperbole sandwich. Is the score Eat out of ten, boys? <laughs> We're going to go ninety nine point nine point nine 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 out of one million. What? I don't know if that made any any sense. <laughs> Not We're at going all, at a freaking freaking gross. <laughs> sweet bike out of ten on that one. You got a sweet bike. Nunchuck skills. Nunchuck skills and ninjutsu skills out of one thousand. That's amazing. All right, Tom. Time for you to eat some ham. Yeah, I knew both of you guys would be going for at least a compliment sandwich, so I went for a shit sandwich to just kind of just even things out. But it's quite personal to me. It's not necessarily because the movie's bad. So I think my score would be 499. Yeah, 4999, which I think is the highest score I can give it without going over Correct, yep. um, into a compliment sandwich. Because I do actually like the film. I did think it was good. 
but for the for one bad thing, um, it was it reminds me of high school. I fucking hated high school. <laughs> I saw a lot of uh, like my sort of shit that was happening in my high school in that movie. Um, not necessarily the um, the rampant physical bullying, but just like the general vibe. And I hate I hated high school, so I was like, ooh, but uncomfortable with that. But one good thing was I could see myself in a lot of the characters. I think that's what makes it quite endearing. Mm. But on the flip side, and the bad thing, I could see myself in the characters, <laughs> um, which I think is kind of bad. <laughs> I don't think you're necessarily meant to relate to Napoleon Dynamite and his struggles to just generally interact with people. Mm. Um, but I did. And, and that, that, that for me was like, mm, that, feels, that feels wrong. Tom's having a bit of PTSD. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, fuck it. I was going to go hyperbole sandwich, but since Tim's already taken taken the glory out of that, I'm just going to go have a compliment sandwich. Yeah, the good thing, similar to what Tim was saying, man, I love John Heater in this. He's fucking amazing. He's so like perfect as a weirdo, and unfortunately, he was that perfect that we haven't seen him in Jackal since. You know, he did Blades of Glory, but we haven't really seen him much in that. And it's like how. How do you follow up this when you crush a role this hard sort of thing? The bad thing for me is, like, the film has a ton of other no-names in it, and there's a reason why they're no-names, and they've continued to be no-names. There's some of the supporting cast here, but, like, oh, fuck, this isn't, like, the greatest acting I've ever seen. And then my good thing, the plot makes fuck all sense, and I don't give a shit, man. I don't give a flying fuck. Similar <laughs> yes. to what Tim said, first time I watched this, I was like, who the fuck likes this film? Same thing when I watched Anchorman, I was like, who the fuck likes this film? Every viewing yes. after that is like, this is the fucking funniest shit I've ever fucking seen. And even now, even like however many years on, it's still awesome to sit down and watch this and go, oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. So... 9,999 out of 10,000, it's up there, and man. Here's, a, here's there. another question. Here's another question, too. Have you ever seen anything, like, close to this awkwardness of funny? No, no like, you brought up Taika Waititi, and... Yeah, um, that's the only time, right? He's a bit, yeah, he's a bit like that. But I, what I quite liked about this is I am physically incapable of watching The Office. It is too awkward for me to watch. But I didn't get that with Napoleon Dynamite. And that is very much to its credit, is that it was really awkward, but it was still really funny, and I didn't feel like that em- emphatic, empathetic, or whatever you call it, awkwardness that comes off the office. The reason why I think that is, is that Napoleon has a self-awareness. Like, he even yes. says, like, who, who, what girls am I going to take to the dance? Like, what am I going to do? He has a yeah. self-awareness of, like, who he is and what he, like, his place in the universe sort of thing. Whereas, like, those other shows, mm-hmm. those other American shows, they're typically, like, awkward for the sake of awkward, but they've got no self-awareness of themselves mm-hmm. yeah certainly mm. yeah cool and that moves us over to question number two the first of our patreon questions this question comes courtesy of our mate emily higgins of the tasteless podcast an awesome podcast that compares two films one that uh gets way too much love in her opinion she compares that to a film that she thinks is a little bit underrated typically they're underrated for a reason because the films are pretty shit but uh <laughs> anywho what's your question there tim so here's here's the question from Emily. Shoutouts to you, Emily. Thanks for the cash. <laughs> yes, basically. Yeah, I see, I see zero of that cash. But I still got you. I still got you. I still got you, Emily. Hey, when KFC you opens, know? bro, you let me know. I'll get you a delivery. Oh, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here to try and ste- steal Emily away from you, man. <laughs> Emily. Come to my Patreon. Emily. <laughs> Emily asks... What character has probably gone the longest without showering? 
Ooh, that's a good one. Emily, Emily. Oh, you should have your own po- podcast. What you do? <laughs> you do have your own podcast? Man, I can understand why now. Damn, Emily. So Emily, here's how it goes. I reckon I reckon it has to it has to be Uncle Rico. Like Uncle Rico lives in a freaking van, bruh. You know? That's what I said. I think it's definitely Rico. He I don't know if that man's ever fucking showered in his life. Like <laughs> He is the dirtiest motherfucker in this entire film. After he did get chucked into that game, the coach was like, hit the showers. He was like, nah, fuck that. Never doing that ever again. Oh, man. He's probably wanted the time machine to go back to the last time that he showered. And just to, you know, see what it felt like. Because that's what I honestly, I I think everybody has to agree with that, is that Uncle Rico is probably the most muskiest motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to lie. He was up there. My only other one was like the old dudes that run that chicken farm. There's that oh, one old dude right. who's like, and I think it's the same dude, but the dude that co- uh, shot the uh, cattle at the start. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's the same guy. <laughs> yeah. So that's him. That's the, that would be, yeah, it's one of those ones. Yeah. Yeah. He's up there. Uh, He's up do there. the chickens have large talons? That one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm going to drop these little tidbits the whole I have podcast. no idea what you just said, boy. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, question number three. What is it there, Tom? Uh, what completely unimportant life lesson did you learn from this film? Did you guys know that you can use cargo pants to store tato tots in? That was fucking gross. <laughs> was fucking I'm not going to lie. Hey, Napoleon, give me some of your tarts. Get your freaking own. <laughs> we can just but do what a, a live reading. Pretty funny. What, what a fucking power move from the bully, though, to just kick the fucking pocket. Like... <laughs> And and they were still crunchy too. Like, yeah. Which you know? yeah, well this was the funny thing. Like he's like eating them out of his pocket, right? And they've been in there for like probably an hour before he's eaten them. And then the bully kicks them and then suddenly he's like, Oh, I guess now they're ruined. And I'm sitting there like, They've been in you've had fucking potato crispy shit in your pocket for an hour. What do you why are they ruined now? Exactly. They were definitely ruined by being in your pocket for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they're just <laughs> mashed up a bit. Like fuck it's not gonna yeah. make a difference. <laughs> The funniest part of that scene is no words. It's just when he goes, oh, at the end of <laughs> yeah. it. He doesn't say nothing. He just gets kicked. And then he goes, oh, <laughs> it's the yeah. best, man. I think that's, that's also what's really good about the film is American, just to, again, to get a, bit deep, a little bit deep in there, um, is American films, American comedies don't tend to be very good at physical comedy. Mm. Um, that's normally the domain of British comedies. Um, normally they're really good, like Mr. Bean and, and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, this one having a bit more physical comedy, like him just kicking the, the pocket full of tater tots. Um, like, re- that, for me at least, that really appealed to me. Mm. So, um, yeah, and then, yeah. like, I know that we say that there's no plot and stuff like that, and there isn't, but there are these kind of like there's these parts that come back, and you're like, the more you watch it, you think, oh my gosh. So, like, that guy, that guy that kicked him was the same guy, and he was like, he's talking about the illegal moves that, like, Napoleon was talking about the illegal ninja moves he knows from the government. He's the same guy, so I'm like, wait, he kicked you, and then he's like, you don't use yeah. none of your ninja skills on him? Come on, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he kind of calls him out on shit. It's these little connections that you don't figure out until you watch it, like, two, three, four times, and yeah. then it just, yeah, it's one of those one of those funny movies that, yeah. Mm, definitely. What about you guys? For me, it would be, um, I'd never want to use a time machine to go back to high school, because I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... That's the 
unimportant life lesson. Um, I don't think I'm going to ever encounter a time machine at any point in my life. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, I should probably use that for something better than going back to high school where um, Uncle Rico thinks his glory days are. Yeah, fuck um, that. Which yep. they very much were not for me. So... <laughs> Uh, my my one is to um, avoid any type of jealousy for people that are chatting online with with babes. You know, never be jealous <laughs> of any babes. You know, if you're sitting on on the on the computer all day talking to babes online, and also don't try and like don't try and mess with anybody that's training to be a cage fighter, like uh, Kip was. Yep. I mean, he got his ass handed to him he, by yeah. uh, by what what was his name again? Um, Rex Quando. Rex Kondo, that's right. He got his ass handed to him by him. Oh, yeah. Well, Kip, Kip was... And that's the thing. It's that lying that they just mm. continuously do. Like, Napoleon probably learned all his lies from Kip. Because Kip lied the yeah. whole... That's how we got La Fonda. Because he <laughs> lied the whole time. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a cage... I'm training to be a cage fighter. You know, I'll, I'll write some poetry for you. Like, yeah. yeah. But that was... I think that was the good thing, is everything else in the film... Like, they lie for the entire film... And for everyone else, like, nothing really changes necessarily. But for Kip, LaFonda, like, again, having not seen this mo- movie before, I was like, LaFonda's definitely, like, like a man, like a seedy man or something. Like, definitely not an attractive woman. And, you know, she comes out of the bus and it's like, oh, shit, like, that's legit. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, like, he actually ends up being okay for himself, you know? Yeah. Then, <laughs> and, and saying that, though, Rico gets a gets a happy ending. Yeah, that ch- yeah, I, chick just comes I, out of nowhere. Which I I didn't really get that. Neither. If I'm honest, we we did hear a line that he's broken up with his missus. Like we hear that a couple of times, and like, oh, she's left you. Yeah, but you're I, living in the not, past or whatever. It's not, it's not really clear whether that's her though. No, it's not. Is the problem? No. Yeah. yeah. And here's another part too, right? Is that yeah, Deb is all angry, right? She's all angry at Napoleon. Then he does the dance, and then all of a sudden she's not angry anymore. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, is that all you have to do is just dance? Like, I, I don't get that. I mean, have you ever danced like that in your life, Tim? Like, never. I could never. I would never yeah. even, you know, just putting that put, putting that up on the pedestal, I could never reach that, you know? Exactly. I mean, you know, you go to the clubs and you're just like... <sighs> Cosy Club, RSA, that's where it's at. <laughs> you know? They don't dance there. <laughs> play, play pokies. Just play pokies. Play pokies and have a skull. Real easy to approach them when they're sitting do. down, bro. Real easy. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, let's move us over to our next question. This is also a Patreon question. This question comes courtesy of our man Chris Yeni. Fuck you, the man, bro. Chris would like to know what song would you guys have inserted into this film and where? And we try to be as on the nose or as obvious as possible. I think it needs to be. The Karate Kid mu- music. You're the best around, and nothing like that. When, when um when he's like sweet, he's like grab my arm, the other arm, no my other arm, <laughs> and then he's like sweep the leg. <laughs> that man just slaps the shit out of him, and as soon as that slap happen- happens, instant cut of the of the song. That would be my one. I like that. Yeah, mine would be um. The set, one of the scenes I really liked is when he gets picked up, when Napoleon is going to the dance, and he gets picked up by Pedro's cousins. Oh, yeah. Or so, yeah. should I say, quote-unquote cousin. But I, I thought that scene was really lacking in terms of music. I thought that could really be taken to a next level with a bit, a bit of um, early 2000s music. 
Um, so I thought maybe playing Drop It Like It's Hot by Snoop Dogg during that scene might be might elevate that scene to another level. Makes sense. Uh, my own one would have been when LaFonda shows up on the bus and it just starts blasting out Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. I would have been like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Here we absolutely go. Kip is about to bit get A bit of Barry White or bit something. Of, yeah, yeah, Barry White. Of, uh, yeah. Mig the Stallion whap, whap, whap. Drop, put it, snap. That's uh, the time machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check yeah. some Caddy B and Mig the Stallion. Back in Whoa. <laughs> a little bit too much pussy and crack in that bloody drink bottle there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. A little bit of whap, whap, whap. <laughs> Whap that off I the mean, side of your mouth, bruh. <laughs> 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 uh, Moves us over to question number five. Was it there, Tim? Um, number five. How would you incorporate Nicolas Cage into this film? Mm. Going with you, Thomas. How are we doing this? Uh, I went through a few different versions of this, um, thinking maybe making him Uncle Rico might be quite funny, mm. um, which I thought would be quite good. But I eventually landed on um, making him one of Pedro's cousins. <laughs> Um, I thought it'd be quite funny, just for absolutely no reason. Partially because, of course, Pedro is Mexican, and his cousins are Mexican. Um, so I thought it might be quite funny just to have Nicolas Cage in there as a white guy, just just there for no reason. Yeah. But also because um, Pedro's cousins don't say anything for the entire film. They have no lines. Pretty much their only interaction with other people is, I think they, they give a bit of a, a, uh, an East Coast wave. And I think they shake Napoleon's hand right at the end of the film. So I also thought it'd be quite funny just to have Nicolas Cage just have no lines and just interact by body language for the entire film. My wife, who, who oh, long-term listeners will know, absolutely hates Nicolas Cage. She would be loving that answer. You know, give him no lines. It's perfect. <laughs> give, it, give him no lines. Just make him, make him barely interact with anyone. But also because, like, there's that awkward, again, there's that awkward scene where they're just driving in the car to the dance. Yeah. I think that'd be funny if you've just got Nicolas Cage just, like, you know, at the steering wheel, just like, why is he there? What, what's the point of this? And then, of course, they only have two scenes in the entire film. So I also thought that'd be quite funny. Just give Nicolas Cage two scenes in the entire film just for no reason yep. at all. <laughs> I love that. Uh, the one I would have had was just being, basically being Rex Kondo and just, ha- like, Nicolas Cage just oh, delivering that line of, you think anybody wants a roundhouse kick to the face? Well, I'm wearing these bad boys. <laughs> Grab my hand. The other hand. Your other hand. And I would have, like, we'd love seeing a cage rage. I would have loved seeing a cage rage at the end where he shows up and finds his missus sitting in her house with fucking two pots over her boobs and Rico just, <laughs> you know. Like, just seeing Nicolas Cage lose his shit. That would have been awesome. So good. I would have liked, I would have liked Nicolas Cage to end up being uh, the grandmother's, like, boyfriend oh yep like, <laughs> right, there we go That's and he just shows yep. up you know and he's just in the he's just cutting steak in the in the kitchen and he's just chilling and then you know he's just in the background and then napoleon's like who the frick are you and then you know he goes in a bit of a monologue that's way over the top and um and yeah that was that's where i would put nicholas cage that is good. that is good i like, I that. like that as well that's awesome uh, moves us over to question number six. This is also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of our man, Nutrivert. Okay, Jason, you're the man, bro. Uh, what's his question there, Tom? Hello, Jason. Thank you for the money. <laughs> um, at what point during the movie was the perfect time for a bathroom break? Ooh. Tim, what, what would you think? Uh, before I answer this, I just want to give a shout out to Jason as well. <laughs> Jason, brother. Ooh, well, I've got your attention. 
you know, shout-outs to you, my G. Um, I think probably... Oh, it's hard, man, because there's so many of these funny little bits that happen. Um, yeah, I struggled with this question same. as well, just to interrupt you there, was um, I was like, it's, it's hard to come up with a time that that I felt comfortable leaving the film to go have a piss, mm. you know? Thomas, yeah, so I struggled with this film as well. Thomas, I just want to say this. Though. Don't ever, when I'm talking to Jason, do not ever interrupt me again, okay? Mate? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, man. Shut us really to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Um, I realize you and Jason have a special connection. I'm sorry. We for do, mate. We do. Thanks, Jason. Follow me on um, Instagram. And uh, <laughs> if you like and support my show, you can find me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, um, shout out to you, Jason. What a great question, Jason. In my head, I'm thinking, I would go to the toilet after the, your mom goes to college. When that line happens, then you've got a little time be- between when when things start ramping up. But whenever you hear, Kip, oh, your mom goes to college, and then you just move from Scarpa, there. yep. Yeah. The one for me is like, there's a scene where Kip and Rico go bowling, and then they go have their photos taken with Deb. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't really contribute yeah. that much to the story. So I was like, you could probably... If you're like me and it doesn't have far to travel, you could probably piss within seconds. Yeah, it's just like it's a good part of the story just to nip off, basically. Well, if you're like Jason and you've got a humongous penis, <laughs> you know, just just throw it out the window. Shout out to you, Jason. <laughs> the next, next question, question, I'm doing it I now, was just, is <laughs> what's, what was the biggest dick move in the movie? Well, obviously when Jason was watching the movie... <laughs> And Great he just segue. Threw his dick, he just threw his dick out the window. <laughs> amazing one. Shout outs to you, Jason. <laughs> thanks, Jason, and thanks for your huge yeah, dick. Absolutely. Cheers, man. <laughs> Cheers. Um, the biggest dick move, I think, was Summer giving the note back. I mean, like, there's no need to be a bitch about it. Just just gently lay him down. You know, he's put himself out there. You know, it's a hard thing to do. And, and you know, she's just, she's just a fucking bitch about it. <laughs> there's no need to do that. She is pretty brutal. Uh, yeah. The one for me, I mean, like, fuck, Uncle Rico has his moments, but I think pulling up beside some teenage girls and, hey, do you guys want to get breast that, implants? That was, that was fucking or, or like a push-up bra, whatever the fuck he's trying to offer, I don't know. I, I, don't, I think it was supplement, supplements. Yeah, supplements. That was the vibe that I got. Something like that yeah, to make their boobs bigger. Too. That was a bit weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I needed to go to. Uncle Rico, when he says, uh, how, how much you want to bet I could throw these football, <laughs> this football over them mountains? And then he throws the stake and hits Napoleon straight in the face. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> that bit was pretty fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> like, like he just but, he was just doubling his mate, and then he gets a, a stake thrown at his face. But the other one, and this is gonna this is oh this is gonna be controversial. Okay, that's why you bought me on this podcast absolutely. to be the controversial guy. I reckon Pedro's a bit of a dick. Okay, that is controversial because he was like he was. Hold up. He was like, he knew that he knew that Deb was trying to get with, with Napoleon, right? And then he's all like, hey, can I take her? Should I ask her to the dance? And, and Napoleon being the guy that's never been there before, he was like, oh, yeah, sure. That's a bit of a dick move, man. Yeah, yeah I think that's a, that's a controversial take. But you know what? I agree with you. That, that is 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's a dick move. Mr. Steal Your Girl right there. Yeah. Coming out here trying to steal, steal his midi. Come on now. Yeah. Definitely, but I think that going back to the steak thing, that's a that's a huge dick move. But on the other hand, holy shit, it is so funny. Yeah, it, I, I I think it was arguably one of the funniest yep. moments in the film. Easily, 
um, is is when he gets hit with the stake because it's just so it's so insane. It's it's almost enough to make him the true MVP of this film. Maybe yeah. maybe that's my answer to a later question. Who knows? Who fucking knows? <laughs> Who knows? Anywho, uh, Napoleon so Napoleon gets us back though when he when he has the grapefruit. Yeah, and they're like mm. standing off, and he's like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then he had some good with it. He, he does. does. Uh, anywho, that moves us over to question number eight. This is also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of our man, Nick Haskins of Nikolai's Kitchen. Awesome cooking podcast you guys should all check out. Uh, what's his question there, Tim? Is this, is this Nikolai's Kitchen? Yes, Nikolai, the Nikolai's Kitchen. The Nikolai's Kitchen? Yeah, absolutely. Is he the one that did that amazing chicken curry that was on a couple? Oh, Nikolai's Kitchen. Get in there. Anybody that's on it? You, I don't I don't know if he actually did that, guys. He, he did the tikka masala. <laughs> You're up there. The t- sorry, the tikka masala? Is it the tikka ma- masala, Nikolai? Yeah, that is him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro. It's the one. It's the one. He's the man. I don't know if you know this about me, guys. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm an influencer. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of girls. I know a lot of models on Instagram. Okay? <laughs> All right? Okay, here we go. Um, what type? This is a great one, especially from Nikolai's Kitchen. What type of meal is this movie? Hmm. Can I start? Is, is it all right if I can start? This yeah, off? go hard. Go hard. Yep. It's a rump steak with nothing else on the plate. Just a rump steak. <laughs> you know, it's not too busy. It, it's just what it is. You can't take it up. But then as you cut into the delicate meat, all right, the delicate. And if you need any help, guys, um, cooking a steak, I know, <laughs> I know where to go. Nikolai's <laughs> Kitchen. <laughs> you cut it all right but on the inside it's wagyu oh it's it's the rump steak of a wagyu oh yeah so that's what i'm saying is this this it's this nice movie looks on the outside like it's just a piece of steak mm. right there's no there's no extras with it it's a piece of steak when you cut it open it's beautiful and yeah that's what i reckon it is I went for like one of those huge burger eating challenges like one of those like giant burgers mm. that you look at and you know it's american you know it's american at the same time, you look at it and go, fuck, that's weird. And then when you finish it, you're like, oh, yeah, no, that was worth it. That was good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. I like mm. that. I went for one that I think Tim might mildly appreciate. Oh. Um, a bit more of a, of a, a, a Kiwi uh, spin on the question, which was a soggy pie from the microwave. <laughs> Whoa. Um, you know, it's not, it's not appealing necessarily from the outside but like you get into it and you're like actually this is pretty good and this is what i needed right now mm-hmm. you know because no one's eating soggy pies from the microwave because they necessarily want to but because you know that's what they need at the time and and you know i think that's what this m- movie is it's not it's not necessarily when you see it from the outside and you go i'm not gonna watch that movie because i think it looks like shit but when you do watch it you're like actually you know what that was pretty good and i enjoyed it makes sense Hey, staying on you, what's question number nine? Question number nine. Uh, what was the most preposterously insane leap of logic in this film? That was very hard to say. There's a lot of big words, particularly when I'm... That's the idea, is to piss off people and try and make them yes. read some shit they can't handle. I'm so glad you didn't yes, ask me to Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am, I'm quite pissed. Yay, there's our first! Um, <laughs> if people that listen to the Pirates of the Caribbean pissed. episode will um, remember that Tom said that I'm about not 40 quite, times. not quite as bad as I was last time in the Pirates of the Caribbean film. Um, but in case anyone is keeping score, which I'm sure is all of you, um, <laughs> is I've, ladies and gentlemen, I've reached that point. I'm a bit yay. Pissed, so awesome. The the one for me is that when her, when his grandma comes off that dirt bike, that she only breaks her cockix. 
I was like, man, that woman is a fucking, is a smudge. You know, she's like flown about like what, 10, 15 meters in the air. Like I get she's going down the side of a sand dune, but man, there's not going to be much left of her after that. No, especially like, like if my nan did that, I mean, I mean like that's, that's like a good, like 20 bones that are gone <laughs> right then and there, you know, like, yep. you know, she's just coming down hard, you know, she's like at like a, like a rave. Yeah. You've taken a heap of drugs and and you know and, and you're getting to like two in the morning you're coming down hard yeah absolutely that's, that's where she's coming from absolutely <laughs> um my logic tina tina the the llama was was you know severely not looked after and i'm wondering how she still li- uh, was alive at the end of the movie but also how the dance just changed like i'm like how the fuck is dance going to change so much like, after the dance, everything changed. It was almost like the Thanos click. Yeah, like, yeah. Everything changed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, everybody likes Napoleon now. Oh, he did a dance. They all clapped for him. It was like, bro, he did an embarrassing dance. Yeah. That, in logical terms, if that happened in high school, bro, they would get mocked and laughed at and, and humiliated. But all of a sudden, everybody was like, yes. Yeah. Gave him a clap, so that was that was a little bit illogical to me. Absolutely melted hearts and minds. It was fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was so good though. It was. Mine was that. I mean, I know we've talked up Rick's Kwondo quite a bit so far, <laughs> but for me, it was that he was able to uh, break Rico's arm. I got the impression that Rex was a bit of a. I mean, I'm just going to come out and say it, I got the impression that he was a bit of a pussy. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> You know, like that whole scene with uh, with with Kip, and he's just like slapping his head and shit. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, this guy's not even like, you know, this guy's a grifter. Yeah. You know, like he's not even like legit. And then he comes out and like breaks Rico's arm. Then again, Rico also strikes me as a bit of a pussy. So, like, maybe it was just the the greater pussy loss out there. <laughs> you know, maybe that was what it the was. The weaker of two pussies. I get you. The weaker of two pussies. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, that moves us over to question number 10. Fan favourite, what quote from this film would be the worst thing to hear immediately after you finish having sex? Okay, if I'm honest, I, I took a bit of creative liberty with this one. Yep. Um, I, I went, um, the worst thing to hear after you've given a blowy was when she says, this tastes like a cow got into an onion God batch. damn it, yes. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was mine. That was absolutely mine. <laughs> Oh, geez. I don't think I can back that. I don't think I can get anywhere close to that one. No, no. I'm like, <laughs> legitimately, this tastes like the cow got into the onion patch. That was like my my one by miles. The only other one that yeah, I had was like, if I... you turned to your girl and said, how's that? And she just goes, the worst day of my life. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay, cool. That moves us over to our personal questions that we thought of while we were watching this film. Tim, as your first time on this podcast, you get to lead us off. So, uh, yeah, what do you got there? My first one is around what would a prequel be? If the prequel was about Uncle Rico, what would it be called? It's got to be the Fantastic Voyage. That's all. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> He's yeah. living out of his van. That's his life. You know, we see him living in a field in a van. It's got to be the Fantastic Voyage. The, the vision that I had in my mind was like a documentary-style thing of how, like, um, his kind of fall from grace, if you will, of not being put in the game. So I thought it would be called One Missed Shot, the Uncle Rico story. <laughs> that was that was the, the kind of the idea that I had was like a, yeah, like a doco or something. Yeah. 
my one would be um, once was a king. Okay, it's all about how uh, Uncle Rico was just a, you know, kind of like a Joker type mental illness type thing (laughs) where he thought he was a king, and then all of a sudden, you know, everybody's just laughing at him, and and Uncle Rico isn't exactly who he thought he was. Sign me up. Mm. Let's go. <laughs> this is some dark <laughs> shit, man. Fucking hell. Well, let's be honest. He's pretty much a pedophile. Like, like, like oh, yeah. He, he lives in a van. He says things to fucking, you know, like, ooh, you, you like some boobs with that soft body. Remember that bit oh, when he yeah. was, I was like, damn. I was man. very uncomfortable during that scene. <laughs> to catch a predator. That's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> yeah. To catch a predator. <laughs> But that's, that's, I think, just going off that, I think that's one of the things that's quite good about this film is it had a lot of opportunity to be extremely dated. Yeah. And it, it doesn't really. Like, that's the only scene probably the entire film that I'm a bit like, ooh, you wouldn't get away with that in 2021. Yeah. You know? But the rest of it is like, yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. There's, you a, know? there's a part, there's the part where Summer, this is the part I reckon would be like that too, is the part where Summer, like, pretty much throws shade at, like, Rico, uh, at um, Pedro for being a, a Mexican. And That's true. I think that yeah. would be the other part, when she's like, mm. we don't want chimichangas for lunch every day. And then it's yeah. like, damn, girl, you racist as fuck right now. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yep. All right, next next question, here we go. Um, If you could choose any type of action figure to throw out of the, cl- out of the school bus window, which one would it be? I, I was a big Action Man um, fan when I was a kid, so that was my answer. Or maybe Action Man's uh, not-so-well-known uh, cousin, which is Max Steel. I was also a big Max Steel fan when I was a kid, so... Pretty sure Max Steel was a fucking action, porno, action bro. Man, <laughs> yeah. I... Max Steelington. No, no, no. I had, I had the Max Steel villain action figure who had a metal arm and then it like comes out and it has like a gun inside oh, of it. Oh, that's um, Wayne, really Wayne cool. King, isn't it? Yeah, Wayne, <laughs> King, yeah. <laughs> Eric Chin. And then, uh, and then I so had the, the car. Uh, There's a little car that it comes with and you sit him in the car. Was it a fake taxi or was it a... <laughs> <laughs> was it a taxi one and it was fake? Uh, was it a taxi? You open oh. the boot and there's a, there's like a whole like, whole, like missile launcher ooh. in the back. What type Just of missile launcher? Cock rocket. What, what, what brand? <laughs> <laughs> Could you get them at Peaches and Cream is what I'm asking. Peaches and Cream. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Peaches and Cream sell, so maybe. Yeah. Um, but I also, <laughs> I hadn't... Either. I've got, I definitely don't know what Peaches and Cream sell. I have never been in that shop. I've got to say, man, like, I love that you asked this question because one of my first notes that I wrote down when I was watching this film was like, fuck, what did this action figure do to Napoleon? <laughs> the first thing I wrote down because this, this, this scene is very early in the film it's like the, the second first, yeah, 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 it's yeah. like the first or second scene in the film and so I was just like what the fuck is he doing yeah. like, it introduces you to how fucking weird he is absolutely yeah. and especially given that that kid's just said to him what are you going to do today Napoleon whatever I feel like gosh and then he throws the action figure out the window wrapped with a fucking fishing line around its head it's like what the fuck is going on yeah. here uh, the one for me is like I, I grew up loving Transformers. Transformers was my jam. That was my favorite show. That and He Man growing up as a kid. Fuck, hated Starscream. Fuck that asshole. I would have chucked him out the Ooh, window yes. and dragged him <laughs> behind the fucking bus. Whiny bitch. 
Um, <laughs> my bro, you took my one out of my. I was actually going to go with a transformer as well. Um, but it wasn't going to be. It was uh, Starscream. Starscream's a very intricate. There's a lot of things going on and stuff. You know, he's jealous. He's all these things. Oh, he's a well developed character. Go with, yeah. Oh, he's amazing. But I'm going to go with Jazz from the from the Transformers. One of the most shit Transformers ever. <laughs> okay, Jazz is this dumb little. Uh, uh, it's like an ambulance bus thing. Okay. Or I'm going with Snarf from the the. the um, oh yes. I don't know if anybody knows Snarf. Snarf yeah. from the from the um, popular series. Um, not um, Thundercats. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the little kind of cat little thing. Snarf, snarf. Snarf, snarf. Or I'm going with Matif from the uh, the popular um, Captain Planet, who has the dumbest ring of all of them for the heart ring. Do you know what the funniest? His power is to make people feel sad or happy. The funniest part about this, Tim, is like we've gone 100 and, I don't know, whatever, 70-something episodes, and we're a movie podcast. And like seven or eight times now, we've brought up that dude and how shit his power is. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> What's going on? Come on, mate. Give him something else. So bad. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That's, that um, yep. that's definitely showing a bit of the age gap, though, <laughs> uh, uh, compared to you guys. <laughs> S- sorry about that, you little, you little millennial. Yeah. You little yeah. Gen-, Gen Z. I'm not quite Gen okay, Z. Zuma. I'm a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> And um, the last one, um, what would you what would you use the time machine for going back if 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 it did work? Uh, like Uncle Rico wanted to go. This is my third question. Uncle Rico wanted to go back for uh, obviously glory purposes, but what would your one be? The the one for me is back in 2010, 2011, living over in London. Went out for a few beers, blah blah blah, with all the workmates and shit. And we had this like one weird IT dude that used to like sort of hang around. He was trying to prowl on the Aussies and South Africans and Kiwi girls, pretty much. But like no one ever wanted to talk to him because he was always real weird. I remember him cornering me in this bar and he was like, Sam, I've got something to tell you. I've been meaning to tell you for weeks now. You should buy this stuff called Bitcoin. It's like five cents a coin and it's, it's a way of the future and shit like that. And I remember being like, fuck off, you fucking creep. I don't want to fucking hear this shit. And then going home and thinking nothing of it, thinking absolutely nothing of it. And then one day waking up and was like, hey, did you know Bitcoin's 24 grand a coin? I was like, God fucking damn it. There was my chance. There was my chance, guys. There was my chance to not be doing this podcast, to be sitting on a beach somewhere doing sweet fuck all. Blew it. Absolutely blew it. Instead, you talk, he here talking to us dickheads <laughs> about movies. Yeah. Time of my life. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> Mine was actually um, a bit more, bit more in relation to my podcast, which is something I've been doing recently, which is th- talking about Māori food and how pre-European Māori were, what they were eating and how they were eating and that sort of stuff. And that naturally makes me very hungry. Um, so I would like to actually be able to use the time machine to go back and taste things like more and other extinct species that we can't taste anymore or eat uh, things like kākāpō or kereru, which are, apparently are also very tasty um, without the... I guess the shame of eating an endangered species. So I'd like to go back and eat extinct and endangered species and see what they taste like. Were they actually any good, as lots of people say? Who knows? I, I love how you want to go back and eat these things, not bring them back to the future and repopulate them around New Zealand. No, fuck that. I want to go back and no, eat no, the no, fucking no. things. No, 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 no. That's that, that's, that's butterfly effect <laughs> shit. No, 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 we're not we're not about that. True. I just want to I just want to sit down with some guys and just have a good, you know, give me a leg of more. Maybe not that much. That's quite big. But, you know, like, 
give me give me a bit of more. Just want to see what it tastes like, and then I'm good. Yeah. That's all I want to do. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, for me, I think going back and just telling you, telling myself, my my younger self, you know, just hey, mate, you're you've got you've got you're you're a funny dude. Use that to your advantage and stop trying to be tough. Okay, <laughs> stop trying to be a tough guy. Okay, you're actually funny, and people like people that are funny. And just to, and say hey. If you ever get into the future, and you're going to do this show called The Bakery Run, and you're going to do one in Wellington, there's this guy, Thomas, don't get him on, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just don't, don't just, get him on. Burn, somebody else. terrible episode. <laughs> just, just anybody. Leave it. Just, just whoever. But just don't get him, okay? No. I'm joking, Thomas. It was a great episode, brother. But yeah, that would be my, that would be my one. And that moves me over to my questions. First off, yeah, we'd, I've sort of had a bit of a play of one of the quotes from this film, but how much would you guys want to make a bet that Uncle Rico can't throw a football over them mountains? Three bitcoins. <laughs> Going up by the second or down by the second, depending That's on when you listen lot. to this. I mean, I, I, my, my answer is we never heard the full story. You know, like, we don't know if he can throw a football over those mountains. We never, we just heard he was never put in the mm. game. You know, that's, a, that's an unknown when it comes to the timeline. You know, we don't know what would have happened, so maybe he can. And he never, he never tried, so we don't know. Fuck, I'd, it's all I'm saying is I'd remortgage my house, man. I'd take out every single fucking dollar the bank would give me, and I would make that bet. <laughs> uh, next, next question. Realistically, would you guys have actually voted for Pedro? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I think just on that dance alone. Yeah. You know, if if a man, if another man is willing to get out. And dance like that for his friend must show true integrity that Napoleon has seen in this man. Yep. And he stopped a lot of bullies. That's exactly it. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Summer was offering, but Pedro was offering protection, man. Like, he was offering hella yeah, protection. I, so, yeah, I mean, like, absolutely. I think he's the, uh, even if you ignore that, he's the meme option, yep. right? You know, he's the option where you're like, yeah, fuck it. I mean, I don't like this prissy bitch that's standing up there, you know, being racist and shit. I want the I want the dude that just does basically just doesn't give a fuck. Absolutely, like, <laughs> absolutely. You know, not to mention too, like his cousins are like Uber before Uber was invented. Like they are the most like yeah. deus ex machina of like showing up and hey, you want to ride? Yep, can I go to the ball? Yep, cool. <laughs> it's like, why do you guys doing yeah. out in the middle of fucking nowhere? Might have been one of my preposterously insane leaps of logic, by the way. But uh, hey. <laughs> Anywho, moves us down to my final question. Five years on from this movie, what do you guys reckon Kip is up to? Because last we see of him, he gets married to Lafonda and then he jumps on the bus with her and he's off. What do you reckon he's doing? I, I think, you know, Kip's, even though he, he goes through a bit of like a transformation throughout the film, you know, of course, <laughs> a he, bit of a transformation. He, he starts out, a <laughs> bit of a transformation. He starts out being this nerd and he gets, you know, his whole dress changes, his whole attitude changes. Um, which, by the way, the the pause where he's like talking to the first time you see him in this costume, and then he he's like talking to Napoleon, and then it's like this pause, and he's like, "Peace out," and he just like leaves. So good, but um, yep. I like to think he's like he's still kept kind of true to his nerd values, and I like to think he's running a small computer repair shop or something like that. Okay, um, okay. you know he's he's. He's just, you know, he's like, he's still dressed the same way, um, but he's just like, you know, yeah, like, you know, bring in your old Apple II or whatever. 
and I'll I'll fix it up, you know, I'll fix the monitor, get it going or whatever. Yeah, I'll put some new RAM in it, that sort of thing. Um, you know, that's I I like to think that that's what he's up to. Something a bit bit more wholesome, I guess, you know. Okay. Okay. I think this is my personal opinion. I think that Kip goes to Detroit. Okay? And he becomes a battle rapper and his arms get sweaty. His knees get weak as <laughs> and um he he goes by the name of B Rabbit, and he 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 battles um, Papa Dot in a um, underground street battle at Eight Mile. That's I love that. That's where I'm going with that one. I love that so and much. Lafonda gets shot in a in a gang shootout. Oh no! Oh, no! And then he goes on to um, you know, he he um yeah he 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 goes and gets revenge. That's my thing. And he loses himself arc. in the music, the moment. He owns it. He never let it go either. <laughs> See, I fully just saw him going like full Scarface, you know, like he moves to some city and then just becomes like this massive drug kingpin of that city. Like he just goes full gangster. And then like the sequel would be Napoleon showing up there and he's like, Napoleon, the city is a pussy just waiting to get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest, one oh, of the greatest quotes is, on any movie. Yeah, there is the sequel that we need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Scarface, the Kip story. It's so good. Say a little, my little friend. <laughs> you think you can fuck me? You think you can fuck Kip? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, they got me good. <laughs> I've watched Scarface way too many times. I fucking care to admit as well. Oh. <laughs> Anywho, that moves us over to Tom. What's your questions here, Tom? My questions. My first question is, um, what would be your skit slash talent to show after your presidential speech? I reckon I could do a Big Mac in three bites. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe two. That's lofty. I, no, actually, definitely two. I could do a Big Mac in two bites. And do you want to? Do you want to just just open your mouth? Just bit. Just give us a. Hey, us that's nice what your missus point. told me the other night. Man. <laughs> have you been talking? Have you been going through our DMs? <laughs> <laughs> might have been. Might have been. You opened that gate. I'm just saying. Like that gate was closed until you opened that up. And that's also what I asked your missus to do the other night as well. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, that would be my one. I would. I could eat a eat a Big Mac in two bites. What about you there, Thomas? I, I actually did do something at a talent show Ooh. once. Um, was my primary school, which um, I had a very big period. What? And I kind of still am. Hey, wait, what the fuck? I had a big period. That's amazing. What the hell? Um, what pronoun do you a... go by? Can you let us? Heavy <laughs> <laughs> flow. There, there was a time in my life, and even still now, um, where I was really into magic tricks. Um, particularly, I was really into card magic. So I, I think that'd be my talent is doing magic tricks and in particular card magic. Um, it was like basic maths. It's pretty, pretty underwhelming when you know how the <laughs> trick works. Yeah. Uh, for me, I have surprising amount of rhythm. I like I can dance, so probably dance. Maybe not as dance as good as Napoleon. Like we were talking about before, that's the next level. At the same time, like I won speech competitions at school. So like us, like many of us podcasters, I have an incredible like ability to talk endless amounts of shit. And to make it sound believable, relatable, all that sort of shit. So probably that. Give a rousing speech. You know, fucking something like that. Probably not now when I'm a little bit drunk. But, you know, something. (laughs) (laughs) 
something decent. Well, I mean, that, that's the other that's the other disadvantage <laughs> is, um, of course, you'd have to do that in front of people. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and us podcasters, I don't know about you guys, but I was told I have a face for radio. So, you know, that's that's the other disadvantage if you have to do it in front of people. Mm. So, uh, my second question was, um, Uncle Rico is, um, a lot of what he does during the film was trying to sell, initially it's like Tupperware. And then he tries to uh, sell breast enhancing supplements or, or something like that. Um, so my second question was, what would Uncle Rico sell if it was 2021? Have you guys been hit up to buy Isogenics, which is like a health supplement that's... Uh... Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, no? Maybe you're not putting up the photos of yourselves on Instagram that I'm putting up. It's like fucking just predatory, multi-level marketing pyramid scheme shit. I reckon he'd be totally into that. Some sort of healthcare... Slash isogenics bullshit. That would be him, man, through and through. And I think mm. we need to give Uncle Rico a little bit of credit here. It wasn't Tupperware bowls, okay? The new new point fiber woven bowls. Um, <laughs> oh. Get it correct. Uh, sorry, no, sorry, that's on me. <laughs> I think he'll. I think in 2021, he'd be the guy trying to sell you follows on social media. He'd be like, "Yo, yeah. I can get you like, I can get you verified in like four days." If you just sign up with me, he's that guy. Yeah. Yeah, that is him. Yeah. That is him. My my answer, though, was, um, I guess, a bit topical. So this will date the episode a little bit. Um, but I get the feeling that Uncle Rico would do anything for a buck, mm. basically. So I think he'd be selling you Ivermectin, um, <laughs> is what I reckon he'd be selling. Shout out Joe Rogan podcast. Joe's on it. Shout out. <laughs> Joe, Joe Rogan. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's well ever heard of the Joe Rogan podcast, thing. but uh, apparently pretty popular. 20, as well as 20 other different things that have absolutely also not been proven to, <laughs> to cure COVID. Oh, man. <laughs> Muppet. Um, and my third question would be, um, if you were running for class president, or as I put it, class prime minister, because we live in New Zealand and we don't have a president, um, what would your campaign promises be? Sharpen pencils. Okay. Because we live in New Zealand... K bars, I'll be like, okay, guys, everyone here gets a K bar. Okay, now I'm gonna enunciate that word so nobody gets it confused. K for kitten bar. Okay, awesome redskins. Now, oh, yeah, I'm gonna say that again. Not red skins, not the actual, I'm not saying, I'm not being inappropriate to any of the, um, Listeners that are Native Americans, we used to have a lolly that was called a, a red skin. And I don't know, I don't think they sell them anymore. But I would say... No, would yeah, surprisingly them. not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to put them over here on my teeth and yep. use them as like... And when we used to box and we used to be like, yeah, yeah. Either those, some lollies or, or maybe a jolly drink or a um, jelly tip. And I would say, hey, listen, guys, you'll get this every day if you vote for me to be your class prime minister. And then I wouldn't do it. I'd just be like, stuff you all. <laughs> Thank you for your votes. Up your ass. And then I'd be out there. I win, motherfuckers. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the one for me, yeah, very much topical for New Zealand is like, I want to give the people what they want. We've, we've seen the queues. I'm going to offer free KFC on Fridays. Yeah, I'll oh, back up the school in a week. I don't give a fuck. You've got me. Yeah. yeah you've got my vote, bro. When I was at high school, um, a couple of kids decided uh, when I was in probably year, probably 10-ish, so I was about 16 at the time, and they decided to try and compete with the school canteen 
by selling chips and drinks and all sorts out of their lockers. Um, they were promptly told by the teachers, maybe you shouldn't fucking do that because you might get in trouble. And so they shut down their operation. So my campaign promise would be to protect the rights of small business owners, which would be those kids selling chips and lollies and drinks outside of, uh, or from, their, from their lockers. You know, we can't be um, stamping out innovation and entrepreneurship in, our, in, in an economy like this. I feel like we need to be encouraging people to um, try and put forward their money and try and um, engage with the community by um, coming up with these ideas. You get my vote, Thomas, because I used to sell Thanks. a lot of things at school. <laughs> um, yep. We're not, we're not going to really go into it, but I was quite the entrepreneur. Yeah, but a, a few ciggies? Is that maybe what it was? Brother, <laughs> you don't want to know, mind you. Okay, I was quite um, well known oh. in the circuits. Yeah? Yeah, but hey, you guys, uh, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm legally obliged to not allowed to say anything to that. Right, that might be, might be after the recording. Yeah, yeah. It, was before, yeah. <laughs> it was before I was, um, uh, I was still a minor at that right. time, so it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> that moves us down to our last question of the podcast. This question comes courtesy of our man, Dan Brednick of the Netflix and Swill podcast. Netflix and Swill is a podcast that covers all things Netflix-related. I was on recently to talk about the new Witcher anime film, which was fun. I love Witcher. Ooh, is it good? It's really good. I'm not an anime fan. So this was like that foreign territory That is surprising. Okay, that's good. Anyway, sorry. Let's talk about oh, yeah, what was um, the question? Netflix and Swill's big, <laughs> big dick. Uh, I believe that's what we're doing Absolutely. Now. <laughs> Dan's got a massive schlong. Uh, so moves us over to his question, which is, who is the true MVP of this film? And it can't be the lead. If it's not Napoleon, it can't be Deb. It nah. can't be Pedro. It has to be, it has to be Kip. See, I have to, I have to disagree with you there. I do like Pedro. I like Pedro a lot because he's he's just chill as fuck. You know, he's just if you ignore the 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 whole you know stealing his girl thing, which I do think is a dick move. Um, I think he's just chill as. I think he'd be the kind of guy I'd just like to hang out with. You know, play some play some games or whatever, and just just chill out on a Friday night with my bro. Do some you know, jumps on his bike. He's... Yeah. Do some jumps on his bike. Fuck Sweet that. Was... Not going to lie. That got me so good when Napoleon just gets hit in the nuts. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Got me so good. Um, but yeah, you know, like I think he's, he's, just, he's just chill as. Cool. And that takes us down to the end. Thank you to these two guys for joining me. It's been an absolute fucking blast talking about this movie. Um, yeah, plug your guys' stuff. Tom, you go first. Give us a chat about... Hello. Yep. Hans, give us a chat about yes. that. Yes. Yes, I do a thing called Hans, um, which is the history of Aotearoa New Zealand podcast, um, which is, uh, I mean, dare I say it, much more serious than this. Just a tad, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> um, I talk about the history of Aotearoa New Zealand, which is very much what it does, it does what it says on the tin, which is I, it is a chronological and narrative history podcast of New Zealand, um, going from before people arrived to New Zealand all the way up to eventually we'll get to the year 2000. Um, but at the moment we're in the pre-European Maori period. Um, there's about 70, 70. Yes, no. As of time of recording, my next episode will be episode sixty-nine, Ooh, which I'm sure we're nice. all happy about. Uh, <laughs> What's the so, thing? What's the thing for that? 
Uh, for the next one, it'll be cooking. Uh, so we're still at the moment. We're talking about pre-European Maori cooking, so what they were eating and how they were eating it, and that sort of stuff. And eventually, uh, the next after that, what I've got planned is board games and um, things like what Maori were playing before New Zealand's national sport was rugby. There was a couple of different ball sports before that, um, so that sort of stuff, um, as well as other things about um, you know what Maori culture was like, tāmoko, carving. Um, social structure, all sorts of other things. And eventually we'll get up to like cook and all that settler colonial shit as well. We'll eventually get to that. But at the moment, it's pre European Māori, which is quite exciting cool. and quite an underexplored part of um, New Zealand history in general, really, which is quite exciting and fun, particularly for me because I don't know any of this stuff. So it's quite good. Mm. So that's what I do in my spare time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> On to you, Tim. Tell us about all your shit. Well, there's a lot of it. Um, yeah, I, uh, host the Provise Project. We have three episodes a week. Uh, my podcast is all around, uh, chatting with local interesting people. Yeah, had, had some really cool guests on lately. And, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very cross section, but it's, it's a fish out of water type podcast. There's somebody that's from the hood, like myself. And then uh, they put me, and then I speak to somebody like um, John Campbell or somebody like that. So it, it, it's quite cool. Yeah, and then I have the bakery run that comes out every two weeks, every Monday, uh, every second Monday. We're currently in Wellington. Uh, yeah, we, we uh, me and a guest go to um, bakeries around New Zealand, and we try their pies out and rate them, and that's going really well. I also do a show called The Shack, which is a... Uh, a comedy series on Instagram and, um, well, mainly on Instagram with, um, one of my good friends, Regan, uh, AKA just the norms. We, um, it's kind of like a, another kind of awkward comedy where, uh, it's two bros trying to do a, a podcast out of a garage and some real out of it shit goes on. Um, and then, yeah, I've got keeper 100 coming up, which is a, um, a government funded, um, show around debunking, talks around the vaccine and things like that yeah might be on radio soon we'll see what happens but yeah yeah I, yeah this i know there's some other stuff i'm probably forgetting but yeah uh, you can catch me on instagram uh the provice project twitter um to revise nz and um yeah that's me sweet we'll have links down the I show just, notes i just like to yeah. yeah i just like to just to just to put myself in there i i really like the stuff that tim does um, keep it 100 I think that's going to be really exciting I think that's really cool mm. um, I think that's going to be really worthwhile to do so yeah I'd highly personally um, I know my, my opinion doesn't necessarily mean jack shit no. but <laughs> I, I think you. I think what you do is really cool um, and I really enjoy your, your content and stuff So thank you so much um, bro that means a lot yeah it's uh, yeah slowly getting there um, but no it's, it's cool to um, it's cool to yeah just talk about Stuff like Napoleon Dynamite, like you know, like <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so uh, I'm very thankful and 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 humbled that I uh, got invited on this podcast. So thank you so much, brother. Oh, awesome. yeah. Th- thank you, Sam, for inviting yes, Sam. Uh, me on again. Yeah. Um, it's always nice to know that when you've been on a podcast, they don't think you're a sack of shit, and they actually want to invite you on again. <laughs> hey, lockdown man, things get desperate around here, you know. Thank you. All my usual boys are out fucking being locked in their own little bubbles, so. <laughs> I was uh, this is really scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah, no comment. You know. uh, <laughs> no, you guys have been wonderful. Like I always knew you guys were going to crush it, and you have. But uh, yeah, it takes us to the ends. 
Thank you again to our Patreons for supporting the show and keeping the lights on. Yeah, Jason and his massive <laughs> dick. Shout outs to Jason and the Mandingo. Let's go. <laughs> oh my God, he's going to be fucking in heaven. It's going to make his fucking day. <laughs> Uh, his dick will be huge after this if he, nothing he else. I'll tell you what Jason is going to be the biggest fan of me after he listens he, he is. <laughs> Jason if I don't get a DM from you I'm going to be so fucked off Okay, I, I put the truth out here come on all I want is like hey man thanks for saying that I got a big dick that's all I want <laughs> and, then, and then send me a picture <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit oh on that yeah, on that note, I don't even know what the fuck my usual segue is. Um, uh, if you want to get in contact with us, best way to find us is on Twitter, where we are our most prolific. You can find us at Move Reviews In. Alternatively, just find us on Facebook and Instagram at Move Reviews and 20 Qs. And uh, yeah, that's thanks from me. Thank you very much. See you later. Cheer, Farno.